Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast. Release date Sunday, the 12th of February, 2023. No, do stop fussing, child. I am perfectly capable of exiting a railway carriage without being forcibly propelled onto the platform. Why don't you cloak to get caught in the doors? Yep, yep, yep. Yes. Now, Dodo, take my arm. Yes, Doctor. Way out. <laughs> this way, I think. What a pleasure it is to have you with us. I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs, this is Big Finish. Audiobooks, audio drama and this podcast, all for the love of stories. In a moment, Benji and I will be chatting to our first Doctor, appearing in this week's exciting release, Doctor Who the Demon Song. Hello, Stephen Noonan. Oh, hello, Nick, and how are you? Well, I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) What a dream it is to have you here. Well, Witty repartee. A, a podcast icon. I didn't know we'd started. Uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Following the chat with Stephen, which we hope will be more interesting than that, it's time for me to get really self-indulgent in the Good Review Guide, known to some as the Good Review Guy, as we review the reviews of The Annihilators, a third Doctor adventure written and directed by me. There's no way out. Then it's back to the first Doctor as we go behind the scenes with The Demon Song, out this Thursday, the 16th of February. Hello, my name is Bob Ayres, and I am the writer of The Demon Song. Following that, it'll be time for listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. More fun than you can possibly imagine, as per flipping usual. In our also-available segment this week, we hear from Indira Varma about returning to her tortured role in the last love song of Susie Costello. I'm Indira Varma and I'm playing Susie Costello. Then the Randomoid Selectrotron will, you won't be surprised to hear, be delivering a random release with a 25% discount deftly attached to it by Big Finish content manager Jackie Emery. Although I think it's Sue Cowley this week because Jackie's on holiday. Uh, with a small raffia base. Anyway, uh, no news on what the release is yet, but through the power of post-production editing, here's a clip of what it turns out to be. Back, foul fiend! And finally, incredibly enough, we round off the podcast with a free 15-minute drama tease. And this week, it is, of course, from Doctor Who, The Demon Song, starring Stephen Noonan. I believe they're all connected. And it's got something to do with a tune, hmm? The powerful form of hypnotic suggestion containing a subliminal a subliminal call it's the demon song so stephen uh who who now realizes we are actually doing the podcast he didn't realize before so i think we'd just like to apologize for him not being witty uh, at the beginning yeah, well, of the podcast well i i expect no less than sarcasm from you at uh, <laughs> at, uh, at at any juncture nick so it wouldn't this be is the same what I have if to put it, up with if it hadn't and this is what i have to put up with <laughs> Touche. So come along then. What, what do you want to ask me? Oh well, um, uh, now he's going to make it difficult. Uh, <laughs> so, um, Benji, do you have a question? It's a miracle that I'm up? doing this at all, of course, because I'm a complete yeah. technoramus, which I think yeah. is a word that I've I've coined. It's a good uh, word, isn't it? And uh, yeah, so so so, but it's all going. I can see the the uh, the recordings going, and I can see the you wheels and, are moving, and I can see the script. So yeah, so Lovely. Uh, so it's all going swimmingly. 
we were having a fantastic uh, conversation before this about how John Pertwee says the word iron. Arm. That's right. Ah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's, 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 no, it's no metal known on earth, Joe. It's, it's not copper. It's not arm. <laughs> it's, uh, it's true. It's it true, spells it A A R N. You know. Arn. As he pronounces power. Pa! Um, um, yeah, I have to really. Out of push. Pa nil. Um, Old um, Tim law to say things like I'm that. I'm reversing the well. part of my ultrasonic screwdrivers. No, I'm reversing the polarity of my ultrasonic screwdrivers. Par source. Conducted by us. Parsley sauce. Parsley sauce, yes. <laughs> so with, with a bit of cod and some breaded fillets of uh, fish cakes and uh, some, some haricot there. Absolutely delicious. <laughs> Watch out for the. Uh, the uh, the gaseous sulfides low concentration afterwards, but nothing to worry about. <laughs> See, we have to start writing the scripts because I know they're in um, you know, The Walking Dead. Um, yeah. They they ask, I can't remember the, the main chap's name in that, and um, they said, "Oh, how do you get such a convincing American accent?" And he says that he's got this uh, language. Oh, Andrew sort- Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln, oh, yeah. thank you. And that he's got like a language consultant who rewrites his scripts in a not so much a phonetic way, but all the words are written in a way in which they sound to do. That with is the a accent. phonetic way. I guess that is phonetic. I suppose it is a phonetic mm. way, but very much so. It looks like complete gobbledygook. Wow. But of course, he reads it and it sounds very convincing. So it'd be really interesting to see what a script would be like, wouldn't it? For some, you know, for like John Pertwee or. William Hartnell or something where because you everything would look it would look like I can imagine like you know like medieval English when you see things that look vaguely like 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 when you know ye old and old is, spe- mm. is spelt O-L-D-E I can imagine it would look a bit like that that's right when I was at drama school there was a pub we used to go to in Sidcup called ye old black horse but because old had an e on the end we always used to call it ye oldie blacky horsey <laughs> <laughs> I did a uh, um, uh, a TV version of I think I was telling you this the other day no, a TV version of Henry VIII. Oh yeah, with Ray with Ray Winston, yeah. and he had to speak French um, <laughs> to to Anne Boleyn, who was who was being played by um, Helena Bonacarta. And he first, and so he, so the line was, um, and you were the Spanish ambassador. I was the Spanish ambassador. He, he was playing Roger Delgado. Uh, the, 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 <laughs> yeah, the Roger Delgado part. And um, and so he had to so so there's this idiot board as they're technically called behind um, Helen and bon- Bonham Carter's head with the French, which was which was New Somsy C. Don't know what the next bit was, but he couldn't get past that, and it was because it and he was going now Soms I C I, and then he goes, can, can we have it re up like it sounds, which is in other words in, in, phonetically. So then they then they put it up, and he and he had a better. You had a better stab at it, but Helena Bonham Carter just kept, kept sort of kept. I was going to say, but well, herself laughing, <laughs> um, being herself laughing, um, and uh, and then he carried on uh, in his in his native Cockney with with the line, uh, "What news? Of the King of France? What sort of man is he?" And so she had trouble with that as well. Do you have to Brilliant. psych yourself up when you're doing your first Doctor stuff? Is there a routine? Is there a way in which you get Man, into the headspace? This, this is, you know. Or, you know, is it... I mean, I could imagine, because you're very good, you can turn the voices on and off, but obviously I know how much it means to you to do William Hartnell, the first Doctor, so it'd be really interesting to hear your process. Yeah, it's... it's um, 
it's um, dif more difficult. It seemingly the uh, the second time round, um, having gone through the um, eviscerating process of, of of hearing people's opinions about it, <laughs> um, which I can only sort of compare to the, the test of the hoarder, or uh, or being being. <laughs> Being attacked by the Vashti Narada, um, but um, but so you've got all those voices going in yet, which I didn't the first time. All the all the well, the positive voices weren't there either, but you've got all those opinions. So 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 you you're, you're going you're you're thinking about what everybody said about it. Yeah, that yeah. when we were doing it's like the, the difficult song second Inter album, isn't it? You know, That's exactly the phrase I was using recently yeah. about about the demon song. We've got the we've got the difficult the difficult second al album coming out. Um, but I don't know, you know, so much work goes into it beforehand, um, which is why it's great that I'm, you know, I've always got a lot of time to prepare it. Um, and then Nick and I have our long sort of three hour or more conversation a few days yeah. before of me sort of explaining the adjustments to the lines and Nick's brilliantly, you know, um, liberal about let, letting me change them and tends very very rarely to say no very very rarely do that. actually yeah, yeah um which and is and then you argue like mad if i do <laughs> say that <laughs> well sometimes i'll say something you go oh, i'm not sure about that and then i'll do it and you'll go oh no you sold it to me yeah that's exactly. Um, I mean, you've done a, an interesting sort of uh, video podcasty thing that hopefully will go on YouTube. Where it's a YouTube, you yeah, a YouTube video. I mean, there's already one that didn't have any visual elements, and then there's there's one which will hopefully be up in a in a few days. Where well, you recorded our conversation. I recorded our conversations, uh, you know, uh, over the phone, and then I've edited it down. And I and, and this one, I've put a lot of visual material in it, um, with you know photographs and and. Um, and there'll be a montage you haven't actually seen yet because we haven't finished. I haven't seen the with, montage with the, no. the, at the end. But it will, um, if, if people are interested, they will they will be able to hear the process and you know yeah. little, little clips of William Hartnell doing stuff that have inspired Stephen as well. And then you know when Stephen's putting the idea to me of a particular change, and then you put in the clip from the story yeah. to illustrate how it works. It's really um, I found it very self indulgently interesting. <laughs> Well, it's great because I'm in it. I mean, well, yeah, but it, but it, it's it's it evinces the 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 great rapport that we've de developed about it, you know. And there's there's fascinated with the the the, the um, inspiration Hartnell's inspiration of Frank Benson, the the actor manager who was his mentor, is in this this particular video. But there's us discussing things like. Um, um, what's that word you 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 described it as when when somebody's trying to um, when somebody's trying to sound more elegant than they actually are? There's a technical oh, hy term. Hypercorrection. Hypercorrection. Yeah. So there's so there's a discussion about that with with reference to a particular word and the way that Hartnell pronounces it. Yeah. And so it was funny because we 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 had these discussions and then we recorded. Um, the outlaws and and the miniaturist and then I came back to these recordings months later. And was delighted by how how actually you know interesting they are. Yeah. And how obviously I've had to cut out a lot of sort of pausing or off going off at all sorts of tangents. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> which, which 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 might not be um, might not be publishable. Um, but um, but no, to, to condense Definitely. it all, it's great because it because it because it gives a sense of what the process is and how much how much work. Has gone into it beforehand, yeah. but so so much work has gone into it. So, so so that by the time I 
we get into the studio, it's like I said, you know, a year ago about what, what Peter O'Toole had said about, about for all acting, be it stage, screen or whatever it is, there's no substitute for unobserved private study. What was the other word? Unobserved. Ooh. Forgotten the other word. Forgotten <laughs> the other word now. Um, yeah, no, undisturbed, you, unobserved uh, private study. Uh, that's it. And so you, so, so you, you, you've done all that work, and you can go in to the studio, and then you can just play around with it. Yeah. Um, or take direction from you know. So you, you you've got it in a Some particular way. Some rather. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, what's slightly frustrating with Nick is that that how even if he does want to change it, he's always right. <laughs> and I'll, <laughs> I'll 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 be going. Oh God, do you want me to do it like that? And and then when like when we I listened back to Incheton, I was worried about. The yeah, incident, so, incident, which is the other story in the Demon Song box set. This is one of the things, of course, the, the, the problems with, with naming a box set after one story. Yes. I always feel a little bit sorry for the other story. Yeah, you know? I mean, we don't always like, do it across the board, but we did. I did it with this one because um, I couldn't think of a catch-all title, and I thought the Demon Song is a better title for a box set rather than the Inchitin Which was incident. very diffident of you because... You'd written the other one. Yeah, and, and it's uh, longer. It's twice as long as the demons. <laughs> Spoiler yeah. alert, folks. Um, yeah, I was worried about um, episode three because I'd 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 um, rehearsed it in a particular way. Oh yeah. And then and then Nick, um, because he'd written it. It was an interesting thing about interesting because because this was the first one you'd written and mm. that you were directing much more than you'd been in the other ones because of course you got it in your head. Yeah, exactly, much, more, uh, much yeah. more than any of the other stories. So, and 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 prob probably more sort of um, proprietorial about it. But certainly, you imaginatively, you you thought yeah. it in a particular way, and no doubt you're you've acted it now. So there's this particular section which I'd, I think I was I was I was being much more sort of um, quiet or intense with it, and and it was wonderful because because Nick actually got up in the box and started acting it out. <laughs> You know, going doing his heart and all around around the in in the goldfish bowls, I call it behind the I glass. Remember, I remember saying, "Look at me! Look, no, look, look at me! At me. Yeah. You're doing it like this. You're moving away. You're you're saying it as yeah. you're moving away. You're in a yeah. hurry. You see, like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wasn't really doing the voice, but uh, you were. No, he was wasn't. It was great. It was doing it badly. Yeah. It was it was very interesting. But but because I was I was thinking because because you know you you practice something a particular way and you go. It's not like any other part where you're using your own well obviously you're using your own voice but with this you're very particularly using the rhythms of somebody else i.e of course William Hartnell and so I've worked out very very carefully the rhythm on any particular line and the stress and the inflections if I'm asked to do something radically different from from it I worry that all that all the impression stuff's going to go out the window because I'm thinking about the energy of the particular sort of line reading that you've yeah. given, yes. And so, as you were giving it to me, I thought, "Oh God, he's right. This is how it should be played." But I wish I could go away and and and, and re re sort of um, design it yeah. for that yeah. sort of. Anyway, listen back to it; it's fine. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, you. I, my view is that you should have more faith in in your ability to take that kind of. You've created a working model of the William Hartnell performance and your take on it, and I think that you're, you know, so good an actor that you can 
pivot that and apply it to anything, actually. I think you worry about it because you know how much work you've put into it and it's taken a long time to build it. And I think you think, oh, how, how can I do that now? The thing is, you've, it's already running in your head. You know, it's like an AI, a, a William Hartnell AI is running in your head <laughs> and will adapt to, to because it does happen. Well, it, sound, it sounds nothing like him anyway, so I don't have to worry about it. But, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, uh, yeah. but, um, no, it, nothing like him. <laughs> nothing like him. Um, there were some very amusing uh, comments along those lines, which, uh, which I won't go into now. Domestos. But, but, uh, well, there was that, a chap called David Ryan, that's right, yes, who said, uh, who said uh, he's from the northeast. he's got his own channel, and he's, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he, he does very good reviews of um, George Orwell production, like, like, the, like the BBC... Um, 1950s George Orwell, 1984. It's a very nice little review of that. So I put on. A, I said, "Oh, it's it's David." Dave. I, first of all, I put David Domestos Ryan, and uh, <laughs> how nice to hear your voice. And then I cut out Domestos. He said, yeah, he, the now he knows, was, though. He will have heard that on this podcast because he's an avid. Are you going to keep this in? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what did he say? He said uh, he, the comment underneath was. Um, Excuse me while I pour Domestos into my ears. And I put and I put underneath and I thought my ears were burning. <laughs> <laughs> and then he came up and said, Oh, you went, oh no, mate, you weren't supposed to hear that. And, <laughs> but uh, it's on the internet, you see. So everyone will hear everybody it. Everybody can, yeah, it's out there. Um I just wanted to say there's one big difference with this production from the previous one. After you'd recorded it first time round you were waiting to hear what it sounded like this time round because I'd worked out because you know I'm stupid and it takes a long time for me to work things out because I'd worked out that you were so intensely interested in the end product which makes you almost completely unique with all the doctors <laughs> you know they come and do the job they do their best at that I don't think any of them listen to anything particularly Tim Trelaw he's too terrified to listen Michael Troughton might, I'm not sure. Um, uh, I started sending you the episodes once I, as I did the music and or as Toby did the music, you know, I, I sent them over to you to listen to it. I said, do you want to listen to these? And you said, oh God, yes. Yeah. So you, at the point of, this is just a few days before the release now, it's next Thursday, you've already heard them all a million times. So you're not, you know what's going out there. Does that mm. make you feel calmer about it, yeah. or how does it yeah. make you feel? Yeah, yeah. Because last time, um, when it went out, when they went out, I hadn't heard them. Yeah. Um, so I thought, I, I don't know what they're hearing. Yeah. Now, it, it probably it's irrelevant whether I've heard it or not. Really. No, in, I'm thinking, in, but, but it's, it's not but psychologically. You. you know, I, now I know exactly what they're hearing, and I know when I hear or read. The comments, what they're talking about. I know exactly what they're talking about. Last last time, um, you know, I'd no, I'd no idea what the quality of was of it was, according to my own standards. You know, this time because what, it's brilliant that you can, and it's also fascinating because because I'm not just interested in what I've done. I'm interested, well, I'm interested in the whole production, but also uh, I'm a I'm a great fan of Doctor Who incidental music. You know. And as much a fan of it as, as Nick is, I can't write it, <laughs> but it's extraordinary. Yeah, you're Nick's, a far more talented Nick's, musician than I am. You can sit at piano and bang out, you know, great tunes, can't you? Yeah, but I've never composed actually, by other people. I've never, yeah, exactly. But I've never, I've never actually composed. Maybe you have this extraordinary ability to pastiche 
the um, the music of particularly Dudley Simpson's music, the stuff you do for for the um, for the Third Doctor Adventures. But with this, um, you know, you, you've you've managed to sort of distill essences of Norman Kay, um, <laughs> who did an Unearthly Child and the Sensorites, and and um, what else did he do? Norman Kay. This, this, did he do? I think he did Keys of Marinus as well. Um, and yes. um, and Stanley Myers, who was the Reign of Terror, because I remember oh, you, yes. you were listening to it, and you, I was. you know, and and sending me sort of samples of, of it, of the actual of those actual stories. Yeah, yeah. And um, Stanley Myers is most famous for um, the Deer Hunter, Cavatina. That's Good that, Lord. yeah. And Richard Rodney Bennett, who does the Aztecs. Yes. And Tristram Co. And um, and so sort of. Assimilating all this—it's um, a wonderful score for the, for the instrument. But it was so. So it was. It was absolutely fascinating to hear you, you, what you'd done with the music, as well as what I was doing. I think the first the first time when you sent me episode one, I was listening more to the music. I was more fascinated by that. I think was was happy to have something to distract me from what I was doing. To, let's, let's just listen to the music and not worry about. It's, it's how amazing, isn't it, when you listen to edits? How how different they sound. With and without yes. the music, well, the that's tone right. completely changes. Yeah. Well, he he sent me he Nick sent me um, sent me that um, bloke. I'm still here. Uh, he's still, oh, he's there. He is. Um, episode was it? Episode it was episode four. You you hadn't. That's right because you'd got COVID again, hadn't you? So you got yeah. a bit behind, and so he sent me the um, the unplugged, <laughs> the naked version of, of of episode four without the music on it. And that was fascinating to hear it. And I thought, actually, it worked. It worked very well, actually. Bizarre. Because it's a Bizarre. first Doctor story, and some of those first Doctor stories don't have music. Well, the Smugglers doesn't. I'm not yes. sure if there's if there's another it's one that doesn't actually. I think the others have at least got a bit of stock. A on bit there. of stock on there. I think they've yeah. all got a bit of stock. I think. Yeah. I think the 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 only thing it isn't until the Wheel in Space that you don't have. Music again. Look at that's that's it's there's Brian Hodgson's ambience, isn't there? But it's not mm. actually music. Um, but I think yeah. maybe obviously there'll be people out there who who will be jumping up and down now and and and, uh, and saying that's nonsense. There, there's also whichever other story. But I'm I'm pretty sure the Smugglers is the only one that doesn't have any music at all. I think you might be right. I think you might be right. But it was curious to hear. The fourth episode of Interstellar, and I think. It's, but it's, your it's really reaction to it sort of ma- it made me. I said, I think I'm going to lay off a bit on episode four, <laughs> and yeah. I picked my moments, and I felt yeah, yeah. like I learned something, which a lot of people have probably been shouting at me in the past. Stop doing so much music, Nick. Stop <laughs> being so in love with your music, you know. So I, um, I really laid off and picked moments where it really needed it, and I think it. I'm very pleased with how it's come out anyway. We'll see what people think because, of course, it's not out until next Thursday or this Thursday when you're listening to this podcast. This coming and, Thursday, isn't uh, it? Yeah. I can't uh, move on in this podcast without mentioning the fact that, Stephen, that you're going to Gallifrey One, aren't you? The convention. Am I? Oh, yes, that's right. Yes, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Going <laughs> Shouldn't to, you be on a plane right now? <laughs> going to, on the same day that this is released, in fact. Mm. Um, it's on, on Thursday. Now flight. you went to Chicago, didn't you? Chicago I did. Tardis. I did. Last yeah, year. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you obviously enjoyed the experience. And oh, wanna... it was fantastic. It was, it was, it was. I mean, you know, it's amazing to 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 be um, flown somewhere 
that you'd never been before. I mean, I've been to the States before. I've never been to Chicago and I've never been to Los Angeles. So it's a wonderful opportunity. And then and then to be, um, have this fantastic, I mean, I, I, I'd never met Wendy Padbury and Fraser Hines before. Mm. It was just so, such a, a, a delight to sort of, to spend time with, because I get, I don't get, I've never, I don't get starstruck about actors generally, but you know, Doctor Who companions, particularly from 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 that era, you know, the sixties and the seventies. It's just, yeah. it's just, you can't quite believe that you're sort of um, sitting in a bar talking to them or whatever it is in a restaurant. And uh, so, Benji, you've it done, was you just extraordinary. Benji, have you, you've done both those conventions, have you? Have you I'm not done Galley. No, I've oh, only, right. I've, I've only ever done Chicago. Love to go to Galley one day. It's yeah. the big one, isn't it? It's the big, big, big one. The big um, Doctor Who one, yeah, yeah. But it's it's is you know like all these things, American conventions. I always think are different beasts. Not they're different. They're just different, and you know in some ways, it's nice. In some ways, it's it's not. I don't know. I, I they're just two very different things. Have got have got more like American ones because when I first did British conventions, there was no cosplay or anything or hardly any. Whereas now there's quite a lot. And Americans, there's always been. Cosplay. I think it's the MCM Comic Cons that have just changed everything, haven't they? It's, it's become a huge thing. Yeah, the cosplay culture is bigger now than it's ever been. You know, it's it's a huge thing. Um, mm. Whereas, yeah, it's, it's just it's a big deal now, isn't it? But Gall- Galley Gallifrey has always been the one, hasn't it? It's always been kind of the main one over there. Chicago Tardis has been around for a long, long time. Well, not to put pressure on you, Stephen, uh, for your performance at Galley, but um, Jason Hagelery in a meeting I was having with him the other day, our, our Lord and Master, the CEO of Big Finish, was saying that uh, how brilliant you were at Chicago. So he was expecting, you know, it all to be just as brilliant. <laughs> if, if not, if not more so. Well, yeah. yeah no. Have it was, you prepared I, any incredible material? For, uh, um, well, I won't spoil, you know, uh, any surprises that might be uh, that might be in store. But um, no, it, it was it was wonderful, Chicago, and and it's it's just it, I love meeting Doctor Who fans. You know, meeting people who have the same. The same enthusiasms as I do. It's it's just it's just all it's always a pleasure. Well, and with Doctor Who being sort of having been on so long, of course, there are so many different viewpoints and perspectives and eras. I'm now um, involved in a rewatch of um, well, I'm re rewatching the Hartnell stuff again because um, I'm sort of now I've got a terrible sort of compulsion. An addiction to it because I just keep wanting to keep going back and going. I'm still not there and I never I like will that, be. That you went through a phase where you said you just couldn't watch anything that didn't have William Hartnell in it. So you could watch be, other films, but prior, you had, yeah, yeah, yeah. Prior, prior to doing, prior to doing the Outlaws, and and then when I, as I said on that that interview last time, that uh, with your interview with Verity Lambert, where she said she 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 was gonna she wanted to cast Peter O'Toole when she was offered the possibility of, of reviving the series after it had been cancelled. So then I thought, great, I can watch some Peter O'Toole films. Because that was, that <laughs> was Verity, Verity Lambert's other choice of Doctor. Um, oh, and, um, but I'm re-watching um, the Colin Baker era because he's going to be at Gallifrey 1. So I thought, I'll re-watch his stuff. I yeah. also got, got the box set of The Brothers 
which he was he was starred in legendary telly that <laughs> and uh, so, so I could sort of because it's nice when you meet somebody and you know something perhaps not what what's what's not everybody would say to them yes, you know or yes. some, something so there were a few things that Wendy Padbury had been in that I remembered from a child and she, and she was they're always quite pleased that it's not the the usual when I met Julie Christie and I said, "Oh, what was that film?" I could see her, her, she, her sort of face was started to go blank and bored. Yeah. And then I mentioned a film, which was I think it was the first film she'd ever done with James Robertson Justice, and she uh, she immediately brightened up because nobody had ever said that to everyone her. Everyone else said, "Far yeah. from the Madding Crowd" or, or "Darling," or Doctor Zhivago. Yeah yeah, 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 exactly. What a star, Julie Christie. How did you meet Julie Christie? She came He's to met see everyone. You know that she baby, came to yeah, see man. Yeah, she came to see the um, David Warner. Um, King, King Lear, Lear at Chichester, because she's the she's the godmother of Lou Gish, who played Goneril, okay. and Kay, who's got, um, Lou's sister. But she 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 said, um, Julie's coming to see see this. Do you want to come to dinner? I was like, well, of course, I've got to meet Julie Christie, and um, and uh, so. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was bizarre. She she seemed so um, remarkably. Um, God, I don't know how old she must have been. This is, this was two thousand and two thousand and five six. I can't remember now. But she just looked exactly like she'd looked in the sixties films. One of those people. Wow. She, didn't, she didn't seem to have aged and had this this sort of utterly unstarry kind of you know vivacious girlish charm about her. You know. Yeah, you know, some people sort of seem to have been preserved or saved from becoming spoilt or or seeming to be self-important or whatever it is. You know. Yeah, unfortunately, um, that hasn't happened to me. I I am <laughs> I'm spoilt and self-important. How is the ice sculpture going in the garden of yourself, Nick? Is that, is that still? <laughs> well, it's for the fifteenth time. It's melted. Oh, not again. It's a sunny day, you see. Uh, it Even in February, yeah. Well, let's keep up the pace, gentlemen. What a great chat. Let's see what other people are thinking now with the Good Review Guide, finding the latest positive comments about Big Finish Productions to help recommend them for you. Another beautiful segue, Benji. And as promised, this week we're looking at Doctor Who, The Annihilators. Did you notice anything odd about that policeman? No, why? He seemed strangely blank. From Big Finish Productions, the third Doctor adventures, The Annihilators. There's no way out! We're trapped! What happened with the TARDIS? There was an odd surge of... well... um... Of what? Gravity. Gravity? Oh, my giddy aunt. What's that? I'm hallucinating. I must be. They say that talking to yourself is a first sign of madness. What? But still, let's hope you appreciate the gravity of the situation. Doctor! Jamie! It's so good to see you. You too. Oh, we better um, keep our voices down. Big finish for the love of stories. 
Just go to bigfinish.com and type annihilators into the search pane at the top to find this one. How do you spell so, annihilators? It's <laughs> a very good question. It's A-N-N-I-H-I-L-A-T-O-R-S. The annihilators. Yes, it's kind of, uh, it's one of those the words. Annihilators. That, you, you know, it's that, and also like kaleidoscope, the next... Third, Am I allowed to interject something here? You can say whatever you like. Oh, right, yeah. I never know when I'm allowed to speak. That's yeah, what you did, that You had that discussion the other week about words you thought were pronounced in particular ways. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was annihilators when I, when I was a kid. <laughs> She's a nice woman, though. Because there was, there was a range, there was a range of, of, of little, little action toys science fiction action toys which were yes. called the the as i thought the annihilators <laughs> and they they were like the cyborgs and they had little attachments with guns and things to the, to their arms but that is a perfect perfectly Logical. reasonable yeah well that's a phonetic pronunciation of 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 how it's how it's written down yeah you know the other ones were the other ones were uh, in the in the novelization of the sea devils i've told you this before that uh, the masters is imprisoned in 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 a chateau. Oh, I'd yes. never heard. I thought it was a chatu. So <laughs> so and and they keep going down to the quay, which is the um, key, of key. course. Yes. Because yes. I because you you being brought up by the sea, um, Nick, would, I knew would know very it. well about quays and chatus. Uh, I'm just so glad I'm not alone in all this sort of weird things that you think of as a kid. This is no. This yeah. is just. I always just thought I was just strange to think things like this. We're all strange. no. Well, how how can you know when you've like like you said about Malcolm Hulk? I thought it was Malcolm Huke to rhyme to rhyme with puke. You know, because because <laughs> I'm never sick heard of Malcolm said. Puke. I wish that's how he'd introduced himself. Hi, Malcolm Hugh, Ryan's a puke. <laughs> I mean, for all we know, he did. And, uh, and yeah. Terence Dix, who's the only really, the person, you know, he probably, Malcolm Hulk, or Hugh, was was fuming every time he spoke <laughs> to Terence Dix. Hulk. I've known him all these years, and he still pronounces my name incorrectly. I mean, the number of people who still call Mark Gatiss Mark Gattis when they even know him. You know. anyway. It's interesting because you you said you were in the middle of rewatching re um, Invasion of the Dinosaurs mm, oh, yeah. at the moment. Yes, that is. I was just thinking about this. That that's one of the February stories, and we are in February now. So I think I think this is uh, we're about the uh, I think episode five would have been, been, been been on fifth. Wow. What years? What, what is what is? And it, uh, the other February stories are Carnival what? of Monsters. Yes. Was in fact, I think, I think maybe when this is going out, yes, it will be the fiftieth anniversary of episode three of Carnival of Monsters. Um, Love it, yeah. What about the mutants? That's not February. That's later, isn't it? I've just watched the mutants. That's later. That's yeah, later. Yeah, it's, it's the, later um, in the season, isn't it? Because yeah. that that would have been uh, uh, Curse of Peladon, wouldn't it? The Curse of Peladon is is, yeah. is a February story. The mind of the mind, the mind of Evoy, um, <laughs> as as it's sometimes pronounced. Uh, is a February story, um, and um, uh, Doctor Who and the Silurians. Of course, yes, is, yes, because yes, it comes February after story. the four-part story Spearhead, which would have started right. in January. That's should right, we get on right. with the first review? Yeah, sorry. No, no, don't <laughs> apologise. I just think we should get on. Well, this is a February review, actually. <laughs>
Um, so, <laughs> the uh, 50th uh, anniversary. Can I just say, Ark in Space is 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 my favourite February story, bro. Yeah, it's the ultimate. Well, I think this is it? a new segment for the podcast, isn't it? You know, we pick a month and we say, "What's your favourite March story? What's your yeah. favourite?" Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, there's yeah. at least there's right at least 12, 12 editions of that. Yeah, yeah, podcast. Uh, and I'll just and say by the what? time we get to the twelfth one, we'll have forgotten and we'll have to go back to the beginning. Yeah. Um, I'll just say one more: Robots of Death. Oh yeah, yeah, classic. Yeah. After yeah. that little Christmas hiatus there, because they were starting That's in right. uh, in August. Face of Evil point. was first of January, nineteen seventy-seven. There you go. There you go. It's Saturday tea time in nineteen seventy-seven all over again. I and thought I because we didn't. I was I because I was only a child, you see. Yes. Um So I d- and and we didn't know there was so little information about. It. I thought the season had ended with Deadly Assassin. Mm. I thought that well, was the end of the Well, a lot of, of po- people at the time thought Doctor Who had ended with Deadly Assassin. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, and then we had the wonderful um, um, one-off repeats of Pyramids of Mars and Brain of Morbius, the, the two Saturdays after Deadly Assassin had finished. Indeed. So which Indeed. gave the feeling, oh, the season's ended and now they're repeating stories from the previous year. But what they were actually doing was keeping the Doctor Who momentum going before yes. the next Do- bit of the, the series yeah, carried on. Yeah, yeah. And giving anyway, us two last gasps of Miss Smith, rather wonderfully. Indeed. Uh, talking of carrying on, uh, please carry on. Do. <laughs> <laughs> well, whoreview.com says The Annihilators is a very effective reboot to the third Doctor Adventures range, succeeding in recreating the incredibly specific energy of uh, the 1970 season uh, Doctor Who had. Um, Nicholas Briggs's script is uh, pacey, gripping, and intriguing. I didn't know. Uh, absolutely this. justifying this being such a strong story. It's a long story, this, actually. Oh well, that, oh, yeah. Well, it's a long, strong story, Nick. Um, <laughs> uh, this, combined with the stellar efforts of the entire cast and Michael Troughton in particular, as the new Second Doctor, makes the Annihilators uh, one of the strongest releases of 2022 so far. Highly recommended. Four stars there, or perhaps they, you know, tripped on a slipped on a bag, like you know, because Sainsbury's bag, a bag. Bread, you know, yeah. You know. yeah. My nan did that once. That's why I thought of it. You see, yeah. <laughs> Thank you yeah. for that little. She's a big fan of the past. annihilators. Annie highlighters. <laughs> Na- nanny highlighters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we made this network.com. Lachlan Haycock says the annihilators has all the trappings of an era authentic serial, but is a lot of fun for fans of any era of the show simply for its distinctive tone. It's very kind of you. These are very nice reviews, aren't they? Mind you, they're always good reviews because this is the good review good guide. Good review guide. Yeah. T- uh, speaking now, uh, you can certainly enjoy the tale being told on its own terms, uh, but the added zhuzh. I had to put that in brackets because I didn't know T S Z U J. Is that how that's spelled? And apparently, zhuzh. someone has decided that that's how you spell zhuzh. Mm. It, actually, it's a it's a guy on um, I can't remember now. Is it a guy on Queer Eye or something has decided that that's zhuzh. that's how you spell zhuzh? Anyway, mm. afforded by the Second Doctor's presence gives it something extra. Zhuzh. Um, the latest Third Doctor release hits the mark with a tale of adventure, thrills, and knowing hints of an exciting future. It's like they wrote that to be quoted. Wasn't John Nathan Turner's secretary called Jane Judge? <laughs> Jane Judge. Jane Judge. And didn't she marry Eric Sawood, or is it Saywood? Saywood. <laughs> Sawad. That was, that was, uh, I thought it was Sawood. I thought it was Sawood. 
I couldn't pronounce any Scrutonics' name. To be fair, that could be the origin of the name. What? Because Saw Wood. You know, he's a man that saws wood. I'm Clifford, you know, the family that comes from the cliff above a ford. Well, and I'm Briggs. Apparently that means I live. our family lived near a bridge. Oh, yeah, Brigger, yeah. How do we explain Noonan? Then that's, uh, that's a, that's it a was just one, after afternoon. Uh, they, <laughs> after they used to get up after twelve o'clock. Midday. Somebody's <laughs> nan who got up at noon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so perfect. Uh, perfect. Shall I shall I go on to this one? Yes, go Let's on. Do it. Um, this is this is Rodney Kravatin um, of Glamadelaide.com who says Briggs does an excellent job. No, an exceptional job Ooh. as director. And it must be said, his script is very very good with nowhere near as much padding as some of the seven parters in season seven. Why didn't you put as much padding in as, as, as the, well, the the stories that you were trying to I, I mean, Rodney, I I've fooled you because I deliberately did. <laughs> I mean, I, I've done whole sections where something happens and then someone gets on the radio, radios up someone else and tells them what just happened. So I did, I did definitely do that. I have a whole lot of stuff happen to Liz Shaw. And then she gets on the radio and he goes, Liz, how are you? And she goes, well, doctor, there have been some monsters attacking. And I, I thought this is just her reporting what happened just now. But he didn't spot it. So few, I got well, away with it. Oh, damn, very, I told everyone. You should have slipped in. Oh, we'll have to go back there to sort this out and then go back again and then go back again you on should. a hovercraft. That's right, and a car chase and a weir, and, <laughs> and, and have have actors in the location doing different accents than they were doing in the studio. <laughs> That's like Dr. Taltalian, yes, who's, who's French in the studio but English on location. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get in, Miss Smith. That's and right. Yeah. Said he is talking <laughs> like this. <Yeah>. Uh. <laughs> It'd be very difficult to write a seven-part story and not have padding, wouldn't it? I mean, it, yeah. it's it's it's. I it's, love a bit of padding. Yeah. But are, your, are, your, are your episodes slightly shorter though in 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 the the Annie highlighters? It, they than, were than, than actually the, the first one. three were shorter I, to fit no, on the CD. They were yeah. all around about the sort of nineteen to twenty minute that's mark. Right. I, th- I because think I, I like can a... listen to it and I can I can corroborate everything that's been said. I think it's terrific. But I thought, my God, that flew by, and then I looked at the counter like, oh. <laughs> It's not actually 25 minutes, is it? But no. um, but so many episodes of Doctor Who weren't. No, exactly. I was That's watching a particularly um, quick one the other day. Some of those Troughton really? ones were very The Troughton short. ones, yeah, the Troughton ones, yeah. Like the yeah, Mind yeah. Robber, they're very yeah. short episodes. And then yeah. you add in, if you take away the recap, then they're even shorter. <laughs> I mean, I know that's pretty obvious to say that, but what I mean is yeah. the amount of new material is quite short. Yeah. Anyway, please do carry on. And, and he goes on, Rodney... Um, and his music is this Rodney and his music is so evocative of the era it is like he is channeling the many wonderful composers from that time period directly Steve Foxen's sound design is the cherry on top of the remarkable release fans of the third doctor era and especially his first season will relish this set it is a perfect example of something great being born out of something you love that's that nice. 4.5 out of 5. And how do you, do you think you account for the 4.5 rather than the 5? What do you think, Stephen? Well, I think, you know, it looks like you're completely uncritical if you give something full marks, doesn't it? You know? And I know this, weakness, is, this is a is problem you have every week, isn't it? That, yeah, that, yeah. What was wrong with it? <laughs> well, because there's no such thing as perfection, is there? What? In this world. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Not even the Annie highlighters. <laughs> <laughs> Reaches that. Um, fair point. Fair point. 
even Inferno, perhaps. Wouldn't Inferno, get five out of first. Inferno. Inferno, yes, Inferno. The the um, we talked about ambassadors, didn't we? Oh, that, that's right. You told my story about um, yeah. Alpha Centauri not being referred to as as Alpha Centauri in the story. Okay. But um, anyway, come on. Oh, we're on to okay. We're cult box Ian McArdle, uh, Alpha Centauri. Uh, the Annihilators is a great tale with plenty of action, period detail, and malodorous monstrosities. I think malodorous. Malodorous monstrosities. I don't think I've ever said that word in my entire life. Malodorous. Yeah, it means smelly. Ah, well, yes, I wonder why I haven't said it. Um, Along with the good griefs and gagging, it also (coughs) provides a little ecological food for thought with a nod towards the themes the Third Doctor's era went on to develop. The story would have doubtlessly been quite satisfying without the impossible guest stars, but that added dimension makes it something really special. As well as, provided, uh, as well as providing a pitch-perfect Pertwee romp, it has also amped up our anticipation levels for the second Doctor Adventures, starring Patrick Patrick Troughton, <laughs> starring Michael Troughton. I saw the word Troughton, I carried on. Um, which, began, uh, which began in Ju- uh, July. A job jolly well done, Mr Briggs. Five out of five. Now, there we are. There's a five out of five. It wasn't so difficult, was it? <laughs> it's, it's done. Apparently, well, according to Ian McArdle, Perfection does exist. And it's interesting, pitch perfect pertwee. It's a shame there's not another word beginning with P there. What Peter picked a pack of pitch, pert, pitch per- perfect pertwees. What could the word be, Stephen? Pitch perfect um, pertwee. Pertwee. Um, um, Panini. Ooh, uh, I can't think of one. Um, no, no idea. Oh, well, never mind. Um Oh, this one is from Sci-Fi Bulletin by Paul Simpson. If you're looking for a well-put-together recreation of that time in the show, including a role that would definitely have been played by Peter Miles, he's referring there, Stephen, to your... Yes, sorry? and my. He's referring there to Mark Elstob when he says a role definitely played by Peter Miles. Because ah, Mark right. does a sort of, you know, one of those characters. Oh, uh, uh, really? Then, that's what I wanted to hear Uh, then you will enjoy this particularly with its hints as to where the big finish Doctor Who universe is going 8 out of 10 typically generous of Paul Simpson there (laughs) and we've got a nice um, concise one here from the the 66 Ramblers this is Uh, on the Twitterverse this is in the Twitterverse in fact that's Um, what I wrote the, the 66 Ramblers are there anything to do with the six brown walkers Remember the six brown know. walkers? I don't know what they are. It was a, more it of was a Tudor Crisps old, man myself. But. It was an old folk song called Green Grow the Rushes Oak, but the six brown walkers. Oh, right. Um, just finished the Annie Highlighters. <laughs> I was right. The third Doctor Adventures maintains its position as best thing on planet. Well, I love all 66 of the Ramblers, I must say. <laughs> and that was, it's so good, it doesn't even, it's off the scale because there's no score. Not everyone is so, you know, no, numerically but, but I think obsessed. when you said best thing on planet, then I think that is five out of five, isn't it? Best thing on planet. Well, you say five out of five, but I've got positively who here. Um, or is it no, positivity who? Oh. Which says, um, has that season seven feel to it? The writing is superb. Oh. First time listening to Daisy as Liz Shaw. She is fantastic. Her and Tim work well. 
reminiscent of John and Caroline. Funny. Jamie and Liz meeting, the plot twists, loved every second big finish, and as we had 5.5, we actually have 10 out of 10 here, so... We've that's, just gone up a whole new level. That's why we're quoting it, of course. That was another uh, thing that I couldn't get enough of at, at Chicago because Daisy was there and she, she on the panels, she, you know, requested to do her mum and she'd she do the line about little blue men from, Mars. from, from, spa- yeah, from Spear yeah. from Space. And so I just kept asking because it was so good. It's when you close your eyes, you can't believe it's not the person themselves. And so yeah. Like, do, do it again. Go on, do it again. Um, it was uh, very, very. Yeah, she's great, isn't she? She's a real cool cat. Love it a bit. Still in the Twitterverse, uh, Carl Will four two six zero one three three seven just had a third listen to the latest Third Doctor Adventures three DA. Well, it's Third Doctors, but listen three times from Big Finish. The Annie Highlighters by at Briggs Nicholas. Uh, such a great story. Everyone on top form love it. That's in capital letters with an exclamation mark makes my heart sick. we love an exclamation mark oh yeah don't we I've not to be confused with that. an explanation Look, mark which some people say <laughs> do they um, really yes they do i yes, might do. have to go on some it's in the realms of... of people saying espresso instead of espresso oh uh, yeah um, if so you're american of so course it's an exclamation point isn't it it is ah, um, you're yeah, very true, say, yeah. Yeah. or period and period for full period. stop yeah. uh, if you haven't heard it stop missing out well that's great advice from carl will for to can't be bothered saying all those numbers. God, I have to say, I am in so much pain. I'm sitting on a stool at the moment because I'm in a makeshift sort of studio thing and my neck and back are killing me, which is why my vo- I realise that's why my voice sounds a little bit husky today. I, I think it's to do with my oh, posture. you're making me stretch in sympathy. Oh, I tell you, that's why I thought I'd really say it for our benefit because I keep stretching. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm not bored. I'm just trying to... to Stop the pain in my neck. That's a but, bit like um, when people say, "I am listening," when they're clearly I, doing I, I something. I am listening. Else. No, I'm, I'm listening. No, you're reading a newspaper <laughs> and smoking a I, fag. I am listening. I'm just watching the football behind you on that screen <laughs> in the corner of the pub. Um, well, Robo um, Modem Man uh, <laughs> certainly was listening because it says here, uh, "Big finish." The Annihilators is some brilliant writing, and John Coleshaw's Brigadier is spot on. Peculiar. It's that's <laughs> terrible, Brigadier. Peculiar, it's downright humiliating. I wonder what line that was, what was that about? Anyway, there you go. That is, and John Kilshaw's Brigadier is superb, isn't it? I mean, yeah, he's very good. It's a great joy of being in Kaleidoscope, which makes the many other joys, is, is, was, um, was um, being shouted at by his Brigadier. <laughs> yes. um, and here we have um, uh, me again saying, and that's it from the good review guy <laughs> this week. <laughs> Next time, Nick and Benji will be talking about The Lone Centurion. Camelot. Camelot. Starring, starring Richard Harris and Vanessa Redgrave. No, sorry. <laughs> starring Arthur Darville as Rory Williams. He's only a model. Well, still to come on this podcast, listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. Our trip behind the scenes with Indira Varma in Torchwood, the last love song of Susie Costello. I keep wanting to say Susie Quattro. Uh, plus the Randomoid Selectatron, completely randomly giving you a 25% discount on an audio drama from Out of the Blue. Who knew? 
But first, Stephen, it's time now to delve behind the scenes with the first Doctor story, The Demon Song. Uh, we still have our first Doctor, Stephen Noonan, here, as if you didn't know, with us. Stephen, what I intended for the extras for this release was for it to be an authored piece with writer Bob Ayres doing all the interviews, which he did do. But mm. the editor has somehow cut all that out. Well, all of it? Yeah, all, all of the fact that it's him going oh, around see, talking see. to people. Right, He's right, just right, cut right. Bob oh, out of it because... Uh, so Bob shame. interviewed you, didn't he? Did. He? he did. What did you discuss Impeccably. about? Yeah, what did you discuss about his script? Um, we discussed um, the extraordinary uh, world of music, um, and what is music, and what does music mean, and 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 uh, and um, the thing about the demon song is, of course, it's it's um, it's a creature from another dimension, which is which is sort of. Um, it's Don't old. give away the ending. And then I, I shall backtrack slowly. <laughs> um. Let's uh, nip behind the scenes with the demon song. Hello, I'm Mark Wright, and I am the producer of The First Doctor Adventures. We were absolutely delighted with the reaction to The Outlaws, the first box set from this particular run of The First Doctor Adventures, our first with Stephen Noonan and Lauren Cornelius playing The First Doctor and Dodo Chaplet. It was great seeing them grow into the roles across our recording and then to see the reaction to the stories was great and the reviews that we got, I think for Nick and myself, it was a proof of concept that we had, you know, that the casting was right, that it felt authentic to the era, and it was, you know, doing something new as well, I hope. And between the two stories, I think we, we showcased what this TARDIS team can do. So here we are with volume two of the new First Doctor Adventures, The Demon Song. And for this first story, uh, we have a Big Finish debut writer in Bob Ayres, who has contributed uh, The Demon Song. Hello, my name is Bob Ayres, and I am the writer of The Demon Song. It must be allowed to spread, hmm? So, whereas some people become entranced immediately, it'll take a while for other people to fall completely under its influence. Well, this is my first Big Finish story, and it's been a little bit intimidating, I have to say. Um, I've um, been talking to, to the people about my script, and hopefully, or thankfully, they, they, they've liked it. But it's been really interesting seeing the actors interpreting my words and, and sometimes you know when you're writing you will hear the voices in your head I know that sounds bonkers but you hear the voices in your head and so you have a particular rhythm and a way of saying things in your head and you hear the characters in your head saying things in a certain way and then sometimes an actor will interpret them in the same way as you do and sometimes an actor will interpret them in a slightly different way to you do and, and both are good I think and it's kind of some, sometimes takes you by surprise when an actor says a line you think that's not how I heard it but that's 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 good as well because it sort of takes it forward the case you know everyone has a, a creative input and takes it forward hello i'm nick briggs and i am the director of the first doctor adventures the demon song we have control over our own minds three two one we, we have control over our own minds i feel that it's a really neat trick to put the first doctor in a modern day story because the first Doctor in a modern day story, when the first Doctor was on television, would have had to have been 1966 or something. But to actually put him, it's modern day for us, but it's the future for him and Dodo. And I thought that was a really neat idea. And I loved the idea of normality, but underneath the surface, something terrible is going on. 
And it also brings in very modern themes of conspiracy theorists as well. I liked that. Hello, I'm Stephen Noonan and I'm playing the Doctor. You did very well. Very, very well. My voice is a lot deeper than William Hartnell's and more abrasive. And so I'm not... My equipment, so as Nick used the phrase, played on a different instrument, you know. So, so, so the equipment is, is, is reaching to get the, the sort of higher notes a lot of the time. But hopefully the, the, it's, it's the, the essence of the character that, that's being delivered. Stephen Noonan as the first Doctor is the first Doctor expert and part of his process is to go through and basically sort of match what's been done in the script with his vast and now encyclopedic knowledge of William Hartnell's means of expression. And he thinks, oh, I think here it would have been, this is something, something like this will sound better in that voice. When, when I got the scripts for this, the work started all over again. And uh, it is, it's, it's a bit obsessive, actually. And it becomes a bit sort of to the exclusion of everything else. I find it very difficult to watch things that haven't got William Hartnell in them, which is a bit of a problem, you know, isn't it? So it's, it's kind of an antisocial problem, that, isn't it? If I'm ever doubtful about something, he does it in the voice and then I can hear how it works. And I go, OK, no, that does work. And also he can cite various episodes where he said similar things and said, no, that he did used to do that sort of thing in these five episodes that I can tell you about now. <laughs> I had William Hartnell's voice very clear in my head as I was writing. And the Doctor, the first Doctor is, everyone says this, he's this kind of grumpy old man, but he's not. He's actually very, very positive. He's actually very affirmative. He's, he's always very kind of yes and, and, and inquisitive and, and um, he just loves life. He loves looking at things and he loves working things out. And that's all part of the first Doctor's character, I think. Dodo's more difficult because she was, I mean, Jackie Lane was great. I think Jackie Lane was very ill-served by the production team at the time. And so Dodo doesn't really get a very fair crack of the whip. I mean, even to the extent how she was written out in War Machine, she just sort of disappears and she goes to the country and never comes back. But she has this lovely relationship with the first Doctor and with Stephen. And so I watched Gunfighters again, and I watched uh, The Ark again. And it's just kind of, she's just bright and she's kind of fun and again, inquisitive and, and is, is, is a very positive character. And I wanted the relationship between the Doctor and, and Dodo to be a very, a loving one, a very kind of a supportive one. They, they clearly love each other to bits and that comes, that come, hopefully comes across. My name is Lauren Cornelius and I am playing Dodo Chaplet. So in terms of my relationship with Stephen as an actor, this is, um, I think it's the third or fourth time that we've recorded together now. So, of course, you know, whenever we came in today, it was, oh, Stephen, you know, it's big hugs, you know, it's lovely, lovely to be reunited. Um, so having that personal sort of friendship and relationship there is so helpful in terms of our character development together as Dodo and the Doctor, because we've got a really nice rapport. And I just, I, Stephen is just, is so fantastic at what he's doing. His work is so incredibly detailed and where he likes to improvise a lot as well and chuck in little little sort of hmms and, and all his you know quirks uh, which is which is so fantastic such a nod uh, back to the previous era it's really i feel that we're getting into that flow now whereas at first i was kind of i've got no idea where we are in the script now i don't know what you say i don't know where this is going so i'm sort of struggling now i feel that we're really kind of finding a flow and finding a sync well i think the obvious thing about their relationship you know it's a very sort of paternal thing going on 
that's how William Hartnell's doctor, you know, in that very old-fashioned way, reacted to younger females. He delights in her sort of cheekiness. I think he has a sneaking respect for her independent attitude, even though he's uh, retaining some of the uh, authentic disapproval of her use of language. <laughs> Just, you know, the first doctor didn't like Dodo saying OK because it was too, well, apparently it was bad English. The fact that it had been in common usage since the 1800s didn't seem to uh, enter his mind. I'm actually born and raised in, in Camden, in London. So this script is awesome because I got to kind of go to Camden as someone who has never been to Camden before. And that is such a treat because, you know, e even though I'm from there, it never ceases to amaze me. It's one of those places that I think everyone needs to go to and experience at some point in their life. Thank you very much. Lovely. That's that's, thank you, thank you all. That you concludes uh, the, today's activities. Afternoon of mayhem. Thank you all for being brilliant. Thank you. Cheers. Well, just go to bigfinish.com to find this one. Type Demon Song into the search pane at the top to find this great first Doctor box set, which also features another story, The Incherton Incident, by my good friend here, Mr Briggs. <laughs> and remember, The Demon Song is released this Thursday, the 16th of February. Meanwhile, it's time for listeners' emails. <laughs> That's it. And like music and art and collaborations, emails are very similar, aren't they? They, they bring out something within us we yeah, can't yeah. quite explain. And if you want to, well, you can try and explain it by sending in an email here. Just send it to podcast at bigfinish.com. Talking of explaining things, we've got our first email here from Nissa McKinnon, <laughs> uh, who often explains things in fantastic detail. Uh, this is, of course, the subject is Peladon Ratings. Oh, right, yeah. Hello, everyone. I hope this message finds you well. Are we well? As yeah. Well as can be as expected. Very well. You know, yeah, Very well. well. Jolly good. Uh, I'll now get down to brass tacks and berries. Uh, the miners of Peladon had a very unique hairstyle but you would think that some bimbo might want to cash a check by having a daring haircut. Um, obviously one tries the mohawk, but you lose contrast. So a dashing bew would shave... Bow, that is. is it bow? Yeah. Dashing bow. It's like chat you, you see, again. It's the same, the same, the same, the same, the same If you've not come across yeah. the words... Yeah, it's French, mate, it's French. Is it French? Oh, well, I have to call, have to call my old mate Ray Winston into a... <laughs> What, who is a dashing, a dashing bow? Would you say what is a dashing bow, Stephen? What in 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 um, the monster of Peladon? No, uh, <laughs> no, what? <laughs> Not Hempesh. As you'll oh, see later, she's deliberately no, using nineteen twenties. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, well, who is a dashing bow? Um, I'm trying to think in big Finnish terms. Um, Jacob Dudman. I was going to say Jacob, Jacob Dudman. Dudman. Yeah, there dashing bow. Very good-looking young man is is the uh, the, 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 uh, the definition. Kai, the, that's yeah. one for the Twitter profile, if ever there was one. Uh, well, Nissa continues here, says, uh, Now you also have asked about formulas to get the numerical rating on reviews. You may be surprised to hear that this math is one I only have a little knowledge about. 
Basically, rating is equal to the length of the stories times the number of stories, divided by the combined age of the performers plus their awards in grams, plus fan expectations minus budget for catering. Divided by golf budget times, that's important that one, uh, the writers and directors par, plus does Nissa appear in the story? All divided by 496. Yeah, that's uh, that. I did suspect it might be that one. Actually. What's particularly good about it is that Nissa does all that thing, the mathematical thing with having things in various <laughs> different kinds of brackets. Beautifully navigated, Benji. Do you know, at, at uh, universities, they use a specific program in order to type that it's called latex is it there we go yeah yeah because i used to um, my friend went to king's college and they used to use that and he does all of his any letters anything at all he's, he just writes it out in latex even his wedding menu is in latex so it looks like a textbook it's brilliant not to um, be uh, confused with playtex who make ladies underwear no, not that, but uh, that would be an interesting invitation girdle. to a wedding, you know. <gasps> Where is um, my 18-hour girdle? Oh, I forgot. I have it on. <laughs> <laughs> Great advert. That's an advert. Yeah. Uh, sorry. 70s advert, yeah. I, qu- I, quoted that to da- I quoted that to David Richardson the other day, and I said, sorry, that was a, that was a, a 1970s flashback <laughs> in text. And he wrote back and said, we're both 1970s flashbacks. Um, <laughs> is, he, is he the same age as you? Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a tiny bit younger than me. Is he? He's, he's, well, I'm 61. He's 60. Hmm. One, yeah. Well, this says here, this is obviously the quick laywoman version, and I expect someone will point out that it is Nissa squared. Or that I forgot the drinks. <laughs> At the very best, thank you for the shout-out. Out. Ah! Uh, I hope I made you chuckle. Yes, Mr. Briggs, I peppered the first bit with 1920s slang just to be a bear cat. That's uh, Nissa McKinnon. Yeah, yeah. So all that 1920s slang, so all that stuff about... Uh, dashing bows. Dashing bow and cash a check and... Brass tacks and berries, I think that's anyway. I'm, I'm sorry she didn't get um, 99 skidoo into it. <laughs> what that's from? No, what is that from? Carnival of Monsters. Oh, so on he the says, boat. It says to Major Daly, he says, How 99, 99 skidoo. I can't remember what the question was. Um, just before they, uh, before he has his fisticuffs with, um, with Ian Martyr. Do you want to know a, a Carnival Monsters fact that will chill you to your bones? Absolutely. I well, it's more about me than that. But I have not watched Carnival Monsters since I watched it on VHS all those years ago. Really? I've not watched? No, not. Why I've not, not? Watched it since. I I don't. I have no idea. The Watch funniest it thing tonight. is the. I might do. The funniest thing is the copy of the VHS was quite dodgy as well. Ah, it was, it was yeah. a proper. It was a real release, but it just looked really knackered and dodgy. Um, but yeah, I just haven't. There's I have no, no way idea to speak why. About John Persby. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, quite. Um, but I, I have absolutely no idea why I haven't rewatched it since. But that was the last time. Episode two was the first ever episode I saw in colour. But I didn't see many Perfect episodes in colour. We didn't have a colour telly till episode four of Revenge of the Cybermen. But my grandmother had got a colour TV at the beginning of 1973 in preparation for the wedding of Princess Anne <laughs> later in the year. Oh yeah, of course. Um, and so. Nobody hated Doctor Who more. Well, there's two people who are probably in competition. Mary Whitehouse and my grandmother. <laughs> were they one and the same? They, they were very similar sorts of people. 
she had a portrait of Winston Churchill over the uh, over the fireplace and a bust of Winston Churchill in the hall. Good wow! Um, but she was a anything that was she, she was an ITV person, right? And uh, so, yeah. And so, her favourite program was Coronation Street until Saturday, when her favourite program became whatever happened to be on the other side to Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> and then later, on, I I was trying to sort of get this right chronologically and I thought we, she was turning over to New Faces The New Faces didn't start until 1975 so it must have been some other ghastly um, I, variety programme yes, yes. I'm going to find out you read the next email Stephen and I'm, I'm surprised Stephen out. doesn't know well it's, it's difficult because with BBC you can look at the BBC genome which is which is the entire archive yeah. of the Radio which Times since 1922 brilliant the, yeah brilliant that the BBC do that they're fantastic whereas the TV Times hasn't got the same no. facility uh, and of so course, that's just so got many put in the bin every well, time so, people read it. Well, a mark of my grandmother's uh, affiliations with it, she got the TV Times and not the Radio Times. Of course, the TV we Times always had the days, TV Times. Because you were an ITV family, it's interesting. Yeah, isn't it? I, the, I dreamed the, of the Radio Times. Yeah. I would, when I, as soon as I got old enough, I used to go out and buy it myself. <laughs> we used to get it. We used to get them both at Christmas, but because my yes, we we, I was such a BBC snob. If I tell you this before, no. that if I. If I was, um, if the telly was turned off before I went to bed, hmm. I would make sure that the button was pressed into BBC One. You know those big buttons <laughs> yeah, that look yeah, like cigarettes yeah. sticking out. Yeah. You'd press it in and it change. Yeah. I would make sure it was pressed into BBC One, so that if anybody came round, they wouldn't think we'd been watching ITV. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would have been shameful. Shameful. <laughs> if we, I if say. we were burgled and the burglars, as they were yeah. carrying it out, thought we'd been watching ITV, that would have been appalling as well. You know? Yeah, you, all the the local thieves' dens. Yeah, you hear about the Noonan household. Do you know they they watch ITV? <laughs> <laughs> and it was largely, obviously, it was first and foremost for me about. The, the, the channel that Doctor Who was on and mm. the idea of watching ITV and the the possibility of missing a trailer or some news about a Doctor Who every time we were on ITV I thought I bet there's something going to happen that's, that's that's you know tells me something about Doctor Who on BBC One um, but of course most of the best programmes the decent programmes were on BBC One there's very, there's very few what's interesting about sitcoms is John Cleese said this he said good sitcom writers didn't want to write for ITV because they lost time with the adverts, so they so so ITV sitcoms were a lot shorter, probably a minute or two minutes, depending on how many adverts were. Short. You lost and you lost the momentum of the of the comedy, with yeah. uh, with the adverts. I think and they'd probably so, be about twenty three minutes long, uh, an ITV sitcom yeah. each episode. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And um, so so, but yeah, it was it was first and foremost because because of Doctor. Who. Anyway, Carnival of Monsters was the first episode I saw I saw in colour. Uh, the first Perth episode, and it was and it was mind blowing because because everybody had the colour turned up because it was such yes. a novelty at the time. So it was it was like an acid trip or a sort of, you know it's <laughs> completely psychedelic. And there's a lot seeing, of colourful costumes seeing, in that. Seeing, and and but seeing the titles, the greens yes. and the reds of the, of the titles exploding, and 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 seeing Pertwee's green jacket and yeah and Vaughan Scherner's costumes. And that cliffhanger with the with the with the drastic bursting out out of the mud in colour was 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 just um, extraordinary, you know. And let's um, have this next email from you. Is this me? And this is you. And this is me. Um, this is from um, Timothy Ferguson, um, and he says, "Hello, sorry to be a week late, 
but here in Australia, Doctor Who did have an exceptionally long explanatory song. This is because of the Lost Islands the theme t- we the played the other week. Yeah. That's right. Lost that's right. Islands. That's the right. United World. Well, he made the, the way, made the word world have four syllables, didn't it? Yeah. It's a United World. world something like that. Um, so um, the Australian Broadcasting Company used to play Doctor Who by Buller Makanka. Are you familiar with that? No. Um, um, before the episodes, I'm sure you'll find it on YouTube, but for your delectation, here are the lyrics. Um, shall I, I should read this in an Australian accent. Probably. I thought you were going to sing it. I, well, I don't know the tune, do I? So <laughs> I could do it to the, to the United mean, World. Yeah, go on. Yeah. While I was sitting in front of the TV set, there was nothing much else to do. Then along comes this amazing co- they called him Doctor Who. It was half past six on the ABC, just before the news. No ads to interrupt me on an interspatial cruise. There was moving metal madness, a program to destroy. The Doctor has them covered to thwart their every ploy. Exterminate, exterminate that evil monotone. The Doctor fights the Daleks, and I'm then all alone. Doctor Who is going to fix it. Doctor Who will put it right as he moves across the galaxy. At twice the speed of light, back into the future, the TARDIS travels time with his beautiful assistant and his trusty mate, K-9. <laughs> a patent blue policeman's booth, but when inside the doors, a vast interior complex defies dimensional laws. His robot dog is by his side. He packs a powerful punch, and he always has the answers when it comes down to the crunch. Doctor Who is going to fix it. Doctor Who will put it right. And he moves across the galaxy at twice the speed of light. Back into the future, the TARDIS travels time with his beautiful assistant and his trusty mate, K-9. The threats of time and outer space, he'll always keep in line. He'll put the nasties in their place throughout the realms of time. The why and where of how and when, the back beyond and through, the what and if and maybe will depend on Doctor Who. Doctor Who is going to fix it. Doctor Who will put it right as he moves across the galaxy at twice the speed of light. Back into the future, the TARDIS travels time with his beautiful assistant and his trusty mate, K-9. Hey, hey, not rough. Superbly done. Amazing. Hell's teeth, Auntie Vanessa. (laughs) This is, uh, I mean, this is a hoax, isn't it? There wasn't really a song like this. I, well... I, I was fooled if there was, but it's brilliant. What do you, what do you think, I don't Benji? Know. What do you think, Benji? What did what, what did you assume? Very possibly. Were... I mean, I'm I, I'm I'm, you know, I'm stunned by how brilliant it was. And quite frankly, it reminded me of the way you delivered it. Reminded me a little bit of um, when Tommy Cooper used to do. It's da 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 What was the is. The, the, you know the, the sketch with the hats? Yes. Along came a fireman. Oh, yes. And he turned an editor. That's he right. Said, it's, it's just that's very right. similar. That's, that's right. That's right. We're all the different hats on, and he does all the different characters with the different hats. Yes, it is a recitation, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Yes, that's right. Bulamakanka is a humorous name for a remote place, especially one considered backward. They started producing wines in the back of Bulamakanka. Is this actually... It's a fictional Australian... Place, no, they were it? Australian country music trio formed in 1978. The band toured extensively throughout the 1980s with their distinctive melding of Australian bush music and... Uh, I haven't looked at the rest of it. It can't, it can't be. 
It can't be true that oh, he's going to be laughing his head off at us. Timothy I'll, Ferguson. I'll type in Bully McCanker Doctor Who, see if anything comes up. But there is a we'd video. Have, we'd have heard of it, surely, wouldn't we? The Ballad of Doctor Who. It's wow. real. It's oh. real. <laughs> oh, my goodness, it is real. I have, I've heard this before. You've, you've heard it? Yeah, it goes like this. I don't know whether you'll hear it. I have heard that. I've heard it. You're yeah. right. Yeah. I, I recognise it. That's news to me. That's brilliant. Well, and I I'm thought glad. it was a wind-up. Well done. Well done to Timothy for fooling me. Uh, right. And finally, Adam Ross. Uh, listeners' emails. His uh, subject line is, Dear Nick and Benji, wishing an extremely belated Happy New Year for 2023 <laughs> for both of you and everyone at Big Finish. I hope this year will be a great year. Hmm. Uh, firstly, I just wanted to thank you all at Big Finish for the gift card option on the Big Finish website. It certainly comes in handy for many family and friends who know I purchase a lot of Big Finish and makes Christmas and birthday presents much easier in the future. Secondly, I wanted to give a great warm welcome to Caitlin Blackwood on her Big Finish debut as Amelia Pond in the upcoming 8th of March box set, Strange Chemistry. Having seen the short film Sundown, starring Caitlin and Fraser Hines, which is on a YouTube, uh, which is on YouTube, and wholeheartedly recommend watching, I am quite excited that Caitlin has joined the Big Finish family. I am sure it will be quite a ride to hear her and Michelle Gomez's master in an adventure together, and I hope we get to hear more stories with Caitlin in the future. Finally, I have a couple of questions. Firstly, are there any plans for more new series Doctor Chronicles outside the Eleventh Doctor Chronicles? There doesn't seem to be any upcoming. 9th, 10th and 12th Doctor box sets. It's a good point. I mean, Jacob Dudman has announced that he wants to leave and so he's doing his final tour of 11th Doctor Chronicles and I think there's another 12th Doctor to come. But yeah, we're not sure what we're going to do with that. It would be really nice, wouldn't it, if Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi came along to do stuff for it. You, know, <laughs> you can lead a horse to water, but anyway. So in this analogy, uh, Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi are horses for which I wholly apologise. Uh, does this mean that the range has put out, been put out to pasture or are there stories plans yet to be announced? Um, there's a bit of pasture and a bit of plans. Secondly, a couple of podcasts ago, you were asking for suggestions for comic strip adaptations and I was wondering if you would consider adapting The Flood. Does anyone here know it? I don't. The flood yes, we, talk, we talked about it last week. Did we? With the Cybermen. Yeah, the radically oh, yes. redesigned oh, Cybermen. I, I was thinking of the, the, the creatures in um, Waters of Mars are called The Flood, aren't they? Well, it was the final mm. DWM yes, comic strip for the Eighth Doctor, and oh. without a doubt, is one of the greatest Cybermen stories in the EU. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of their most devious <laughs> plans to date. I mean, I've heard people say it's the best thing in Christendom, but I've never heard anyone reference the EU like that. Uh, the Flood is truly iconic, and reading the comic strip, I can see the inspiration it had on the 2005 revival, and I hope Big Finish would consider adapting it. Fun fact, the original planned ending would have had the uh, Paul McGann's Eighth Doctor regenerating into Christopher Eccleston's Ninth Doctor. Really? Is that true, folks? Did either of you know about that? No, I didn't. Didn't you? Possibly might have been mentioned in, in the magazine at the time. I don't know. Really? Really? Mm. Okay. I remember it was a big deal. I don't know why it was such a big deal, but I, I genuinely do remember there being some kind of buzz around that specific comic strip i don't know why i can't remember were you too did, long ago were you reading the did you, did you read the comic strips at that time i did at the yeah. time yeah when i was uh, i was 
I mean, I, I must confess, it's, I've not had a lot of time to really sit down and read a lot of magazines lately. But at the time, yeah, I was always yeah. reading them, yeah. And finally, are there any plans for the 10th Doctor and Sir Alistair Lethbridge-Stewart? Yeah, if you've said left bridge, but never mind. Stuart to meet after the terrific Ninth Doctor and Brigadier team up in the Ninth Doctor Adventures. I would love to see Ten meeting the iconic Brigadier in a new box set. Uh, well, that uh, all depends on whether David Tennant uh, or when. Let's let's be optimistic. When David Tennant wants to come back to Big Finish, been a bit busy recently. Anyway, thanks for your time, and I hope you both will have a lovely weekend. Kind regards, Adam. That is it for this week's emails. We look forward oh. very much to reading more next time. Uh, Stephen won't be reading them next time. He'll be at home listening to us. Thinking, Possibly. I'm, thinking, I'm why don't they myself. do a song? Oh, no, I'll be, I'll be in um, Los Gaffin. Angeles. Yeah. So I'll be, I'll be possibly in a hotel room listening to it at, at some peculiar time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, what, what I want is for when the podcast goes live, for you to just get up on stage and say, I'm leaving to go and listen to the Big Finish podcast. Well, of course, I always, I always, I listen to it at midnight as soon as it drops. <laughs> that's, that's almost under, true, under actually, can, under I, candlelight, yeah. with his wee willy winky hat on. That's right, <laughs> always. Well, I have to say that I, um, I tried to find out what was rivaling uh, Doctor Who in 1973, and wow. you're right. I could only find as far as 1976 with new faces. There you go. Wow. That, it is. There you go. But a mystery. But what isn't a mystery is that it's just time to remind you that it's the Randomoid Selectatron. And it's firing up as we speak, preparing to offer you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. It's mind-boggling value. We'll also be teasing you with the first 15 minutes of The Demon Song, a first Doctor adventure by Bob Ayres, released on this Thursday, the 16th of February. But before all that, it's time for this week's rather brilliant Torchwood release, the last love song of Susie Costello, released this Tuesday, the 14th of February. Relocation to the future would be much more beneficial to someone of your talent and calculating disposition. Yeah, you're right. But you broke my heart. My heart. My heart. Hi, I'm Raffaella Marcus, and I wrote the last love song of Susie Costello. Oh, good. For a minute there, I thought it might be something sinister. I think the thing that's great about Susie as a character is that she contains some incredibly interesting contradictions. She's obviously someone who, the word ruthless comes to mind, and that's very much, I think when we meet her in the show, that's very much where she's at. We kind of, we meet her at the end of an arc, uh, and I was interested in the fact that, you know, any any story about Susie kind of by default is going to be uh, before she, spoilers, dies. Uh, so when we meet her in the show, she's really at the end of that arc towards uh, sort of an absolute kind of survivalist mentality beyond death. Uh, and I was just very interested in the question of how she got to that point, um, what kind of things might have happened to her that exploits kind of her other extreme, which is this very painful vulnerability. Um, 
she really strikes me as a very lonely character, uh, but also someone who has chosen to be alone, uh, which I think must or often does stem from a well of kind of of disliking yourself. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm interested. I, I think it's really interesting to write about a character who dislikes himself. Oh. You don't really know me. You're able to give the audience lots of chances to root for her and enjoy her cleverness uh, and her determination and the things that eventually become uh, negative aspects about her, like her ruthlessness and her determination. Here they get to be positives, or here at least they get to be the things that are going to get her out of the situation. Uh, And I also knew that I wanted to write a love story for her because uh, I the thought that was so interesting the you know what what would the, who would the person need to be what would the circumstances need to be to make this incredibly secretive closed off person even consider opening themselves up oh well you're just a man I devised Anwar first and foremost as bait for Susie as a rule of principle I don't trust anyone she's such a suspicious person that of course she would be suspicious of perfection so Anwar is very much cast in the mould of a kind of slightly sort of dashing uh, space pilot um, you know he's a captain with a tragic backstory uh, there's, a, there's a lot of kind of romance archetypes in there But he also, and I think this is the biggest draw for Susie, is he is incredibly appreciative uh, of kind of everything about her. And sort of he casts himself in this mode, which I think maybe on a second listen could be slightly worrying of going, you know, but I I am the person who really understands you. Um, And that, that should be a red flag. But to Susie, of course, it's not. To Susie, who does feel so misunderstood, um, that's that's very appealing. Susie Costello, I could kiss you. But it's also true that he appreciates her because, you know, when we find out he's really a sort of projection of, um, of Orion of the spaceship, but the spaceship, Orion also appreciates Susie. So that's not made up. That's, that's a real thing. <sighs> it's complicated. I don't think Susie starts out with the intention of harming people. My kind of take on her is that uh, her sort of repeated exposure to how huge this universe is has fundamentally realigned the way that she considers her place in things and and everyone else's place in things as well. And I think that is probably the thing that leads her into doing bad things is that she makes the decision on behalf of other people that they are potentially disposable or insignificant, which I think is also something she feels about herself as well. Um, So I think she probably does want to be good but what that means is overcoming her feeling of insignificance uh, and of course that's what Anway offers is you know we can we can go off through the stars you can go out into the universe in a way that you haven't been able to do before and we will make a significant difference and that's what being good means to Susie. All you need to do is finish the rift manipulator and we can go and see the stars. What? Don't you want that Susie? There's this moment in the script where Susie says... So you've been here for 40 years, alone. Oh, you're so lucky. And I think that's something very key about her. 
I was very interested in this idea of a character. I'm very drawn to the idea of a character who she obviously works very closely with the team. She's the second in command um, within the Torchwood unit, but fundamentally isolated from the people that she works with. So I think that is both a bit of a posture of kind of, oh God, yeah, I'd love not to have all of these other idiots kind of all up in my business all the time. But also simultaneously true. I think other people are a complicating factor for Susie. And almost in her perfect world, if it was just her, uh, then her potential would be limitless. You know, what couldn't she achieve without other people getting in the way? Which I find very tragic. I'm Indira Varma and I'm playing Susie Costello. Um... And I can't believe I'm still playing Susie Costello. Right. I love playing Susie because, you know, when I was young um, and trying to forge my way as an actor, I always got knockbacks saying, she's too strong. She's not vulnerable enough. And I found this really frustrating because as a 20-year-old and as a human being, goddammit, we're all vulnerable. We all have pain and sorrow and all that stuff, but we deal with it in so many different ways. And I think back when I was starting in 95, from then onwards, there was this sort of preconception of what a young female should be, all tears and wide-eyed vulnerability. And actually, the thing I love about Susie is that and, and 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 human beings in general, and I think things are changing now, is that we we have ways of dealing with things, and we have armor. We put on armor so that we protect ourselves, and we have ways of making it survival, isn't it? It's a survival mechanism, and I guess I've got a bit of that, and I think. Susie has tons of that, um, which is why she can be a bit brittle and sharp and a bit of a loner. And, um, and I kind of love her for it because I think peeping through all that bravado and um, spikiness is a very vulnerable woman who needs, who's looking for love. And I think one day she'll find it. Um, Yeah, I'm really thrilled as well that, you know, the years go on. And yes, I've done lots of other bits and bobs. I'm a jobbing actor. um, But there's still a a Torchwood fan base. And and not just, of course, there's a Torchwood fan base, but I can't believe there's still a Susie Costello fan base. So I'm absolutely thrilled. Just go to bigfinish.com and type love song or Susie Costello. Don't type in Elvis Costello because you won't find anything. Uh, Just put that in the search pane at the top to enjoy this powerful slice of audio drama. Any minute now, we'll be dramatising you with the first 15 minutes of The Demon Song by Bob Ayres and starring Stephen Noonan as the first doctor, who's still here. Hello. (laughs) Stephen. (laughs) Uh, what's your favourite memory of the recording session that's fit for public consumption? Um, I was just going to say, uh, just in case anybody else is, is still in the dark about this, various people I've noticed online don't know that Bob Ayres, who wrote it, is um, is is Mark Ayres' brother. Yeah. 
um, which is which is appropriate as it's a, it's a it's a story about music. Yeah, but, but, um, but a few, a few people people said, "Oh, that's a, a couple of." I'm going to do a shout out. Oi, to uh, <laughs> to two particularly um, delightful YouTubers who who belong to it to, to a channel called Pertwee Smith, Ben and Luke, who've who've um, been tremendously appreciative and supportive of the first Doctor Range, oh, and has said how listening to 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 what I'm doing in it. It illuminates, or they can, they they listen afresh to, to Hartle and, and realize it's it's sort of it's it's um, made them realize things that he that he did that they hadn't noticed before, which is yeah. which is you know I, they put it better than that, but anyway you know it's it's uh, it's it's lovely to hear that anyway. So, but yeah. it was they, they were saying, oh, I wonder if he's any relation. But uh, so to clear that up for anybody who doesn't know, it's, uh, Bob is is Mark as brother, A younger um, brother indeed, indeed. I think it was it was it was just a great joy. What what happens with these stories is uh, um, t- for the for the narrative strand purposes, um, the Doctor and companion often get split up, so you can get two different narrative strands. So mm-hmm. so frequently, um, Lauren and I um, get split up sort of early on in the story in the first episode, so so we can so we can have two different sort of um, two different parallel things going on. And one of the great joys then listening back is hearing hearing the scenes that she was in and how brilliant she was in that when I wasn't in the room. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but each time it's been a great pleasure to 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 then have a sort of a surrogate companion or companions for the stories. And in the Demon Song, there's two terrific performances. Um, Henry Knott, who plays um, Daniel Daath. Is very funny, and it and that's and and, and that's that. And everyone that, says Daniel Death. He gets it's Dart. They keep, yeah, they mispronounce him, and and so so that that was great joy to 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 enjoy his his um, comical performance, and and it because it it it, it enables um, humorous possibilities for the first Doctor, and in the writing because his 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 irritation and frustration with a twenty first century jargon. Yes. And and phraseology, so so that so that's nice to bring the first Doctor into twenty twenty three, and to have him get get irritated by by the way people talk now um, was was great fun, and also um, Bhavnisha Palmer's. Um, so I get these two two surrogate companions in the story, um, and that was that was that was that was great fun to have to have, to have them to play off. So to, there's no no specific hilarious anecdotes, just that it was great. It was it was a very enjoyable experience. That's warming the cockles of my heart. I think that's nice, isn't it? That's that's a wholesome a wholesome recollection there. Well, I suppose we should move on. It's time to move on though with. The Randomoid Selectatron, where we randomly select a big finish release and offer you a 25% discount on it. And it is... What is it? Number four, Jago and Lightfoot, Series 4. Oh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, let's see how the wonderful website... I've got Series 3. How does the Randomoid Selectatron actually work, then? It's, it, it, it was it, created it, for us. We, <laughs> we used to do it back in, the, back in the real... Back in the old days. Back in the old times. Is it actually like a, a random thing? Like a tombola? Yeah. Yes, and, and in fact, I will... I will. So basically, we used to just pick... I used to close my eyes and sort of shuffle right. my cursor around. It was, it was terrible. But then one of our um, faithful listeners, um, Hannah Newman, uh, messaged in... And actually, had coded it and worked it out, and so you can access it by going to um, Neurosi. That's N E U R O S I E 
github.github.io slash randomoid dash selectatron. That's S-E-L-E-C-T-O-T-R-O-N. Um, or you can just go into Google and type randomoid selectatron and it will come up. And there it just says select a random big finish release. So I've just clicked it again. This one isn't counting as this week's Randomoid Selectron release, but it came up with the Juggernauts. So I thought which, it was made up, you see. I thought this, no, this, no, this, was, this no, was just the real a deal. Real, no, 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 no corners impressed. cutting so, here. Uh, Jago and Lightfoot Series 4. Uh, yeah, well, Series 4. Ama- yeah. Amazing with Christopher Benjamin and Trevor Baxter, one of our most successful series. Um, here's the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Wherever they are, the Professor and Mr. Jago are in danger. We must find them. I can feel that something is coming, something bad, and it is coming for them. Back, foul fiend! Professor, you just upset it. There, there, nice thing. Don't think that's helping, actually, Henry. And there you were, shining from the stage. What is this world without beauty? What is the point? What do mere lives matter in comparison to the divine? Five o'clock. Four o'clock. Hands, I'm moving in reverse. Mine too, it seems. Time regained. Our missing hours are being returned to us. Professor, I feel dashed peculiar, as if I were being sieved. Hardly. I know exactly. It is no good. As quickly as I break them, the places appear in other hourglasses. Shall I break them all? Back. Well, look out! Here it comes! The glasses distorting, bending, warping. Faces! They are watching us, faces in the glass. Hempston and Hardwick. I should have realised. I don't know what Leela told him, but the caveat drove us here like his life depended on it. That is what I told him. I think that went terribly well, don't you, Mr. Kempston? I do indeed, Mr. Hardwick. <laughs> Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. Lovely crop of scripts. You get a great bit of a combination here because not only do you get our fantastic Victorian crime fighters, but also um, you get uh, Colin Baker and Louise Jameson yeah. uh, in this set. So, I mean, value for money. And great writers there. Nigel Fares, John Dorney, Matthew Sweet and Justin Richards. Yeah. But anyway, there you go. Uh, Matthew Sweet. Does he yeah. write that Matthew Sweet? That Matthew. So he writes dramas. Yeah. So so he's not just a journalist. He's he's a he's a creative writer as well. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He's written quite a few bits. Many of strings there. to his bow. Yeah. It's, there's another. Uh, I saw one of his outlines recently. Uh, I did a few notes. Um, right. Uh, well, while I email Jackie Emery, although I think it's going to be Sue Cowley. Uh, at Big Finish to inform her of our random selection so that she can set the offer live on the Big Finish website. Benji, uh, would you like to remind people how to get this incredible 25% discount in the style of the first Doctor with the help of Stephen Noonan? Oh, okay. Oh, I think, I, think okay. I should leave this to Benji because uh, I, I, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> because The problem is whenever I try to do the first Doctor I just turn into Captain Jeffrey Bailden every time. <laughs> well, there's worse things you could do than turn into Jeffrey Bailden, of course. You know, there's, Well, there's, there there's, is, there's, you know. Because, well, yes, you know what, I I try to talk like this, but then I have a slight overbite, which when it happens, it goes more like this. Base is at. Um, but uh, yes, all you, now I sound like Peter Cushing. All yes. you have to do is go to bigfinish.com. 
Uh, and when you do go to podcasts, um, okay. Right, Could you so help gonna, him? Could you give him a few tips, Stephen? If I yeah? say, how, okay. how do I well, say? Yeah, how do on. I say? Once you're on this page, click below the words "read more." How do I say that? Well, well, you see, it's difficult to, to give instructions about about an impression, isn't it? Because it's it's slightly mysterious. I don't quite know how it's done myself. Um, but. <laughs> But, uh, ancient magic. But um, but I thought what you did was superb. I don't I don't want to add anything to it. I think it was, it was so it was modest. Modest. Did you get <laughs> to the end of the explanation? We did. Uh, you click read more. Yes, you click read more. Um, and then <laughs> the only first say, doctor noise I can do, as Stephen knows, is this. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can do. Which which <laughs> which I sort of didn't exactly make up but he doesn't do it right I do it far more often than he ever did but it seems to work as a, as a punctuation doesn't it you know. if you keep doing it it just <laughs> sounds weird yeah. I quite it's like doing a lot. I, I quite like doing Ian Chesterton that I find great satisfaction out of saying what just click here and enter the code <laughs> buck up yes my dear boy it's that simple but it's buck up B-U-C-K-U-P with no spaces. Um, you sort of just sound like you're hyper-explaining everything. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> and thank you, Ram. Uh, well done. Uh, next week's podcast, which will be uh, about a quarter of the length of this week's podcast, is entitled Joe Jones Space and features the third Doctor Adventures, The Return of Joe Jones, starring Tim Trelaw and Katie Manning, of course. Plus, there's another brilliant box set of the 11th Doctor Chronicles starring Jacob Dudman. We've been talking about it during listeners' emails as the Doctor. It's called All of Space and Time. I'm a bit biased. I directed it. Uh, lovely scripts. All, what, all of Space and Time? I directed All of Space and Time. <laughs> it's me just standing there waving my arms at All of Space You're and God, time. aren't you? You've just, you've just given it away. <laughs> that's, oh, that's, the, that's the ultimate one I've to upset the internet, isn't it? Back. Nicholas Briggs claims he is God. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. See that? See that sunrise over there? Yeah, I did that. Yeah. Um, of course, thank you all for listening, and a big thank you to our special guest, Stephen Noonan, who hey. only gets up in the afternoon. And <laughs> that's what the old morning, medieval morning, thing. noon, and night. Uh, <laughs> lovely, lovely to be here. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed every minute of it. Oh, thank you. Absolute my, pleasure, my dear friends, Elizabeth Spriggs and uh, Barry Gifford. <laughs> Good afternoon to you. <laughs> and finally, uh, it's just time for us to say this. As usual, the Big Finish podcast is presented by me, Barry Gifford, and him. <laughs> Do you know the- who Barry Gifford is? No, I don't. <laughs> he's actually he's a he's a novelist who who wrote the screenplay to the David Lynch film um, Wild at Heart. Oh, oh I know it was based on his novel. I think, oh, and David Lynch and somebody else wrote it. I've just got. I've just um, typed him in, and there's a great photo of him posing against the wall with his hand yeah. kind of up against his face. Uh, what a cool Every cat! The, the American novelist. Yeah. I have to say, I'm not an American novelist. It was in fact presented <laughs> by Benji Clifford and Nicholas Briggs, not with special Elizabeth guest Spriggs. stars Stephen Noonan. Uh, and what did you say, Nick? I said not Elizabeth Briggs. No, no, no. She's no longer with us. Sadly. No. Which Doctor Who story was she in? The um, the tower block one. That's right, yeah. Paradise, Paradise, Paradise Towers. Yeah. Not Paradise Lodge was it? Was a sitcom with um, Peggy Mount. Peggy Mount. Peggy Mount. Are you serious? Love a bit of Peggy Mount. Who was oh. also in uh, which? Who was in, 
Greatest Show in the Galaxy. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Where she she says, what was it? Weirdos. That's right. Um, Weirdos. We don't really want your kind down here. Weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> Oddballs. There's another one. Um, oh, I love it. Um, our great special guest star, Stephen Noonan here. Uh, Nick also wrote, produced and edited it. And both Benji and I, and perhaps Stephen too, did this for, for the, the love, love of stories. Weirdos. <laughs> Weirdos. And finally on the Big Finish podcast, the first Doctor Adventures, The Demon Song by Bob Ayres. sightings of the creature in the area. (laughs) Just a fox. Just a fox. Bit jumpy. And do you blame me? In this locality alone, there have been five people reported missing in the last... Wait. Do you hear that? What is that? It's coming from... Down here! No, do stop fussing, child. I am perfectly capable of exiting a railway carriage without being forcibly propelled onto the platform. Well, I don't want your coat to get caught in the door. Yeah, yes. Now, Dodo, take my arm. Yes, Doctor. Way out. (laughs) This way, I think. I can hardly believe this is London. Everything's so clean, so bright. No one's smoking. And I love the little tellies everyone's got. Televisions? Ah, no, 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 my dear. Those are communications devices. Telephone, telegram and television, all in one. (laughs) And so many beards. Mm, What? The men with beards. 
They can't all be beatniks. I mean, the busker probably is. Sorry, I don't have any change. Here, child. Give him this. A sovereign? It's gold. So whatever year we're in, he'll be able to spend it. Here you go. What year is this, anyway? Oh, judging by the technology and the people I've observed in protective masks... I was going to ask about the masks. I should say, uh, immediately post-21st century pandemic. Sixty years after your time. Pandemic? And now we're approaching the automatic barriers. Behind me, child. Stay close and follow me through. <laughs> there now. Wow. Bit of an assault on the senses. Yes. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, it's invigorating. Most invigorating. <laughs> Still have newspapers then? Oh yes, my dear. But oh, oh, I do beg your pardon, young man. Sorry, no, my fault. Miles away. Um, listening to the music. <laughs> Sorry, can't take him anywhere. <laughs> Look, Doctor, the papers are free now, like the tune. Ah yes, good gracious, is that the time? Come along, Sue. A do do. Do excuse us. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. We'll get out of your way. Most kind, most kind. Come along, child. We don't just stand there. Keep me waiting. Come along. Well, uh, it's a tube, you see. It isn't exactly free. Exactly. Or at all. But you just waved your hand over the barrier. Yes. Uh, this ring, you see, is not really merely a decorative object. It has special properties, and I uh, used it to confuse the electric... Uh, electronics. <laughs> Doctor, <laughs> you old rogue. <laughs> Quite so. Funny pair. Do you think they got lost on their way to Hogwarts? Paul? Hmm? Oh, sorry, Archie. What did you say? Oh, doesn't matter. Just need to top up my card. The machine's around the other side. Paul? Huh? Back in a sec. Yeah. In a bit. Here you go, mate. Where have I heard that tune before? What are we looking for? Well, there used to be a very good uh, boot maker along here, somewhere along here. Um, could it be the shop with the giant boot hanging on the wall? Yeah. Oh, you're perceptive, very perceptive, my dear. <laughs> shall we see? Let's see, shall we? Hmm? Oh, it's all so colourful. So alive. Yes. I've seen a bare-chested man covered in tattoos, oh. a woman wearing a purple corset and a top hat, <laughs> and teenagers with blue and pink and green hair. <laughs> yes, well... Uh... The Camden Town, you see, has something of reputation, or a, a tradition, rather, of uh, artistic endeavour and, well, self-expression. <laughs> it's fab. Now, what have I said about your English, hmm? No, why do I keep hearing that tune today? It's everywhere. Is it, uh, is it in the hit parade, I wonder? <laughs> what are those little tellies? Everyone seems to have one. Yes, uh, ubiquitous indeed, my child, and uh, 
utilised for work and recreational undertaking, I shouldn't wonder. Not merely for uh, communicative purposes. Miniaturised computers, in fact, yes. And each and every one of them linked by a global wireless network. Ingenious, yes. Very, very, very ingenious. <laughs> Although I fear the refined and gentle art of conversation may suffer if... Uh, Dodo? Dodo! So where's that wretched child got to now? Welcome, my freaky friends, weirdos of the web and subscribers to The Strange. Daniel D. Art, Demon Hunter on the case, across the road from Camden Town Tube Station. And we've got another one. See that? The busker by the exit is playing our tune. And this girl, long dark hair, yellow coat, asking people to look at a picture on her phone. Do we have another missing person too? Hang on. Check this guy out. White hair, cape, stick, funny hat. A rival psychic investigator. You can tell by the get-up. Excuse me, sorry. Have you seen this man? He's gone missing. No? Thank you. Excuse me, uh, could you look at... Please. Uh, may I see, my dear? Hmm? Oh, thank you. It's my boyfriend. Have you seen him? Oh. You were here before, weren't you? Yes. His name is Paul. Paul Carter. He's ah. not answering his phone. Something must have happened. Who did it here? Will you stop playing that tune? Don't you know anything else? Oh. Uh, calm yourself, my dear. Calm yourself. Let us see if we can't be of some help to each other. I, too, have uh, mislaid someone. Uh, my friend Dodo, that young woman I was with earlier. So you think she's gone off with my boyfriend or he's abducted her? Ah, cha-cha-cha, my dear. No, no, no. But uh, perhaps the same misfortune has uh, befallen them both. Hmm? Sorry. Yes, perhaps. And I am known as the Doctor, by the way. And uh, you are? Archie. Archana Bauer. My friends call me Archie. Archana. Archie. How delightful. Archie it is, then. <laughs> OK. Uh, thank you, Doctor. So, what do we do? Try the police? Or we could... Are you all right? That tune. That tune. Same tune. Dodo. She was humming it. But there's something else there. Can you hear it? Can you? Something beguiling. Something calling. No. I will not succumb. I... Will not succumb! Oh. oh, my dear. My dear Archie. I'm so sorry. Oh. Doctor, is that guy a friend of yours? Hmm? What? Who? Man opposite, all in black and orange headphones. He's been watching us. Now he's crossing the road. Ah, yes, I see, but uh, those are not headphones. They are ear defenders. What are you doing here? This is my patch. Your patch? Your patch? Whatever is the fella talking about? 
Come on, Doctor. Guy's a freak. Oh, Doctor, is it? What, whatever he's told you, I'm the man you should be talking to. Why would I want to talk to you? What do you know? Huh? How long have you been there? Do you know where Paul is? Eh? My boyfriend. He's gone missing. And this man's friend... Dodo. Uh... Uh, yeah. Do you know anything about it? Eh? Ugh, take off those rubbish headphones. Oh, get, get off, get off. I need those. Oh, you don't understand. No, 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 no. The demon song. La, 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 It's the tune. The tune the busker is playing. He's frightened of it. Let him go, Archie. Come away, young man. Come away. You've got no idea what you're dealing with. What are you on about? Here, my card. Daniel de S. Demon hunter. Xenobiologist. Paranormal investigator, parapsychological explorer, and psychic adventurer. <laughs> Quite a curriculum vitae. <laughs> this says Daniel Death. It's pronounced D-Art. Note the apostrophe. And you're the doctor, eh? Nice. Yes. And this young lady is... Um... Running out of patience. <laughs> Do you know what happened to my boyfriend or not? Not... not specifically. But I've been investigating a spate of missing persons in the area, and I believe they're all connected. And it's got something to do with a tune, hmm? The powerful form of hypnotic suggestion, containing a subliminal, a subliminal call. It's the demon song. The demon song? Come with me. Round. Oh, my head. Oh, yeah, mine too. It gets better. What's going on? I woke up here about ten minutes ago with no memory of how I got here. I'm Dodo, by the way. How? How do you know my name? Ah, checked your wallet. Hope you don't mind. You were the third I tried. Third? God, how many? Thirteen, including us. But they all seem to be in some sort of... Well... A, a trance. Yeah. They're all totally out of it. Hang on, that's Helen. You know her? Yeah, she plays guitar in my friend's band. Helen, Hells, can you hear me? It's Paul. I already tried her. Yeah. So why are we awake? Maybe we haven't been under for as long as them. It's been uh, less than an hour by my watch. Any idea where we are? Vaulted ceiling. Damp, earthy smell. We're under a church. In a crypt. And the door is locked. Oh, my phone's gone. Did you... Your um... phone? No. I only had a look at your wallet. So that's it, then. Someone's kidnapped us and locked us down here. What's the last thing you remember? Um, we just got off the tube. Um, you were there with that old man? Archie went round t t to the ticket machines. Archie? Archana, my girlfriend, she'll, she'll be going mad. I just arrived with the doctor and we were walking up towards the canal. There was this busker t 
two buskers playing the same song in different places, I mean. Yes, in the tunnel and outside. And, and someone was singing on the street. Last thing I remember is listening, listening to, to the, the song. song. That song. Big finish for the love of stories.